episode 253 of the Global From Asia podcast, and we are talking about Russia to Europe. Welcome to the Global From Asia podcast, where the daunting process of running an international business is broken down into straight up actionable advice. And now your host, Michael Michelini. What is up, everybody? I hope you're having a great Tuesday morning. I don't know. Do you listen to these on Tuesday when they come out? We do get some. I do get some feedback from people in various groups and uh, and the emails that they do listen to these right away. So that's awesome to hear. We uh we are rocking and rolling. The, the Trump fight with China, the Cold War, or whatever we want to call it now is real actually and people have been saying hey i want to buy from thailand factories they've been here and i've been meeting some factories here something we will work on getting some conversations about you know what's some funny things that happens i've invited some people on the show here in thailand and a lot of people are afraid to go online publicly not just for the normal exposing their business but more about their immigration policies here. They're on retirement visas. So there's some really multimillionaire, successful business people I've met in in my uh, time here in Thailand. And a lot of them are just saying, oh, I'd love to share my experiences, but I'm just paranoid to share because my I'm technically on a retirement visa in Thailand. So <laughs> maybe that'll be me one day. I don't know. But for me, I'm a guardian visa, so maybe I shouldn't, shouldn't host a show anymore, huh? But uh, whatever. I'll get handcuffed one of these days, I guess. It's just part of part of putting yourself out there. So we have a fun show this this week. I don't know. I think uh, you know it's borderline relevant to the global from Asia. But I met an amazing woman in uh, in uh, Bangkok. My friend's girlfriend, Simon Payne, Jenya, and she's a Russian entrepreneur, freelancer, artist. And she has a pretty cool story. She's like a top performer on Fiverr now. She's an illustrator. She's she's very passionate about. She's drawing all the time, even at dinner on a napkin when I'm sitting there with her and Simon in Bangkok. She's always making illustrations. Very very talented. We discuss kind of the journey of immigration from Ch- Russia to Czech Republic. Uh, a little bit of their story, how they met, some uh, you know fun stuff there, and of course her her progress from working full time in Russia to becoming a freelancer, getting onto Fiverr, getting her payments, building her business, the ups and the downs. So I I hope you guys are if enjoying this. I did this in person at a coffee shop in Bangkok, and we had a fun conversation and. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a, I think a beautiful story and uh, inspirational. I think, of course, females, I should have more women in the show. I, I'm happy to have her. I should have more women speaking at our events. I've gotten feedback like that. And I do want to support female entrepreneurship. There's amazing, amazing women in the business world. So I'm really happy to have her on the show and sharing her story it's the uh, first time for her to be on any podcast as well. I like to do that too. I hope you all enjoy. After the show, I'll do my blah, blah, blah. Kind of maybe some tips and tricks. Maybe some other freelancers and hustlers can get started with their business. So without further ado, let's get into the show. 
Are you making payments cross-border? Then you should support our sponsor, GoRemit.hk. They've been around for years, helping companies like Global From Asia around making payments to the Philippines for our amazing team creating this show, suppliers in China, suppliers in Thailand, and the other places around Asia. Definitely a good choice for you to save some money from the normal bank fees when using cross-border payments in Asia from Hong Kong banking. Check them out, free to sign up, very low exchange rate fees, www.goremit.hk. Thanks again for sponsoring our show. And if you appreciate this show and want to show your support, check them out. Thank you so much. All right, thank you everybody for tuning into a Global From Asia podcast. We're here in Bangkok, Thailand, and I get a cool chance to interview Jenya. Did yeah. I say it right? Yeah, sounds about right. About right, for my American <laughs> accent. Yeah. And uh, we know each other through Simon, Simon Payne, your boyfriend. Yes. Oh. Husband? Boyfriend. <laughs> boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we have a cool interview today. Um, so you're here, you're, you're like a freelancer illustrator, right? That's true. And I met you, I think, first time in Czech. Re- uh, Prague. Wasn't it Bangkok? Maybe we met in Bangkok, true. Yeah, we've met a few times in different parts of the world. Yeah. So it, it's great. And we are in a pretty cool coffee shop uh, that also is roasting downstairs. And it's, uh, it's pretty cool. So always creating content on the go. So today's topic, we're going to talk about, you know, actually some interesting stuff, you know, coming from Russia, you know, uh, starting your freelancing business, working with Fiverr, you know, some of your payment stuff, and of course, talking about your the growth of your business. So I think, are you paying the bills now So not in, for Simon? <laughs> yes, I finally can uh, invite him to the restaurant. Yeah. Or, yeah, feel pretty badass, finally. Nice. So... Do you want to maybe just give us a little bit of background about you're from from Russia and and some of your your uh, background? Yeah, sure. Um, and your, your full name? <laughs> okay. How to say My it? full name is Evgenia Pautova. Oh, okay. Evgenia means noble from Greek. Nice. So, I go with Genia, and for my clients, I go with Jen because okay. it's just easier for Americans to pronounce. Yeah, us, us Americans, so difficult. <laughs> Great. You know, so I have a background, uh, I have a master's actually in preschool psychology. That's mm. how it all started, okay. I guess. Uh, after that, for a few years, I tried to make it as a graphic designer, just the office job. Uh, in Moscow, uh, which was tough. Mm. It was a crisis time in Russia. It was uh, really stressful, always overworking, working on the weekends. And But I thought that's what I want. Mm. So I kept going and kept growing my skills. And eventually I got sick of all of that. <laughs> <laughs> the office depression and it just uh, was a breakthrough moment I think uh, oh. about six years ago Okay. Uh, when I quit my job after I quit my job I just wanted to take some time and just rethink the whole situation what I'm gonna do next uh, I just realized what 9 to 5 is just uh, 
not who I am, and it just didn't work anymore, and it made me con constantly irritated and just unhappy about mm. everything. Okay. Oh, so I was just waiting when the decision will come up, and I got just like one freelance order from a previous client of mine, and I was like, okay, this will like allow me going maybe for one more week, so I don't need to find a job yet, I just wait. Uh, finish this order and see. So I finished that, uh, and another order came up. It was like small orders, and I think uh, my first freelance month, I was living like from something starting from 100 to 200 dollars in Moscow. I didn't know it's possible, but uh, apparently it was. And I just kept postponing, like searching for a real job, for a new, better, and real job. Okay. And I think with how I stuck on freelance. Okay. Uh, and I kept going for about a year and a half uh, until Prague happened to me. Wow. <laughs> it was uh, just a coincidence. My best friend was getting married, and they decided to make the wedding in Prague because of all the castles and beautiful city yeah, and yeah. like romantic stuff. So I went there as a maid of honor, and I realized I've been in Prague a couple of times before, and I really liked it. Again, I got like reconnected to the city, and I felt really good there. Uh, as a Russian, I had two more months allowed, uh, like I could stay in Europe for two more months. So I decided to give it a try, and just. I came there, I sub-rented a room from my friend's apartment, and that's how the Prague story started. And during this trip, I actually met Simon. Uh, yes. <laughs> so. Yeah, so it was historical for me. That's a magic moment. <laughs> yeah, so let's talk about the relationship. So you had your two-month visa in, mm -hmm. in, in Czech, yes. uh, in Prague. So you had the wedding, and then you met... Simon, the, our amazing mutual, our friend, well, your boyfriend and my uh, really good friend here, we've known for many years. So you guys started dating, and I know it's difficult for uh, no, Russians. No, actually had one, just one date. One on date. The day before I needed to go back Whoa, to Russia. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and I didn't know it was a date. <laughs> Simon <laughs> thought it was a date. Oh. So we still. Uh, not quite agree on that. Interesting. Yeah, and after that, uh, the next day I left Russia and I realized I was like very naive. It was my first time trying like long, long term travels in Europe. So I came, I thought I just renew my visa and get back like in a week. I came to Russia, I started to Google the visa policies and I realized I need to spend 90 days back to Russia just oh. like to kind of sit and wait for my new visa, oh. like, you can spend 90 days per half a year <laughs> in mm. Europe only. So I texted to Simon, like, hey, I seem to stack in Moscow, see you in spring, hopefully. And then he said he's going to visit me oh. for a month, and that was it. That's, that's the mad one you knew you found a great guy. And I should mention it was uh, January, so it was Russia, and it was January, so it was very romantic. 
that is like pretty... no people doing this <laughs> like ever. Yeah, who would, that must be, he must have really had a good feeling about it and you've been <laughs> together many years and so let's talk and then you because i'm yeah we met in bangkok and then we also had met when i visited prague for a while mm -hmm. and you guys were together so how did it uh how did it progress i mean i let's maybe not talk about so much the love part <laughs> but the the immigration part so i know i joked with you the other day when we were hanging out like i lived in the u.s and i had like polish friends that were immigrants and they're like oh i'll pay you five thousand for a for a married quote-unquote marriage and uh <laughs> to get the visa of course you guys had a real relationship it wasn't for about that but you went through some hurdles i know it, that would be worth sharing a little yeah, bit yeah that's true when i get back uh to Prague in uh, next spring after 90 days uh we, we moved in together almost immediately like a few days after and I get another 90 days only to spend in European Union. So we started to think uh, what would be the next step? How should we live like for two countries, like three months in Russia, three months in Czech Republic? Or should we just like travel some third countries where like none of us need a visa? And we figured, we contacted a few agencies which help with visa stuff. Mm -hmm. Oh, uh, and most of people say, you guys, you guys should get married, just get married. <laughs> and we were dating like a month. Wow, <laughs> at the moment. that's a little fast. <laughs> yes, so it was like, I think we would go for it just out of desperation. Uh, but just one uh, lady, one agency told us what was this dating visa, so-called dating visa in okay. Czech Republic. It means that you don't need to be legally married on paper to get a partnership visa for your partner. So your spouse is considered your spouse no matter if it's in your passport or not. So we started to aim for that. It was also a bit early uh, to apply for it because it was like a new relationship. But the application process took us so long. Wow. So at the end, our relationship was like already proven and like stable and long term. Uh, it took me nine months, the whole process. And it was pretty much like the movie Green Card. Do you know this movie? Green. It's kind of like an old American movie from 90s or something. Uh, it's about a couple of faking a marriage for American visa oh, for the green card. So we're learning all about each other and we do the awkward interview. So we had it all, all the, uh, we had the police visiting our apartment and checking on us, wow. checking like if there's like my personal belongings, toothbrush, pillows. And it was pretty weird actually because Simon was living with his brother at that moment. Um. Uh, and I was living with them. Uh, so when the police visited, uh, we were traveling somewhere nearby and we were not at home. So the brother of Simon opened the door and the police asked, so is there Evgenia Pout over here, living here? <laughs> and the brother, he's like pretty laid back, like really nice guy. I don't know if you met him. I don't think so. So he knew me as Genia. So, oh. so he was like, who's Evgenia Pautova? Oh, no. <laughs> it was like the worst thing you could say to the police officers checking for the visa. But eventually, I think we figured that it's like the same person, yeah. Evgenia and Genia. So 
it turned out well, but it was uh, still quite dramatic. A lot of paperwork. Our families needed to write letters uh, to the police uh, about our relationships. Yeah. Like what we think of our relationships and how we feel about us and stuff like that. Uh, what else? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's a good summary. So <laughs> let's dive into the business side. Yeah. Of okay. The sure. Let's take a quick break. Okay, <laughs> we're back. So we went through a little bit of the uh, the interrogation of of cross border, cross-culture, married, well, actually, <laughs> I'm married now, but... Yeah, I see. Uh, well, legally, it's the same, so... Yeah, you were <laughs> Call able it to whatever. do it. But now, I think, um, I heard you s- yesterday, Simon says, you must really have feelings, because you could leave now, right? <laughs> yes, we joke about it. Uh, now I have a permanent stay. Uh, first, my visa was attached to Simon, and... Basically, if we would broke up, I would lose my visa because it was just based on him, my present in the country. Yeah. And finally, yes, Czech Republic approved me. And now uh, we, it looks like we're together for the right reasons. Okay, that's good. That's good. So it, it wasn't a transaction. It wasn't uh, like a financial, financial or a business transaction. It was for the, the right reasons. So now let's go back on the business side. You're growing your, your freelancer business. And we mentioned first part was you had an, uh, you had a, did a project when you were in Moscow mm-hmm. and it went well. And then, and then you went to this wedding and now you're between Moscow and Prague and more time in Prague. So all this time you were, how, how was the business freelancer going? Uh, yeah, it was uh, moving to Prague. It was a big thing overall and not just for personal life, but for my career as well, because I found out, uh, first of all, it's harder to work uh, remotely with Russian clients mm. because they were mostly in Moscow. Uh, some of them wanted me to come to, to meet, the offices them, yeah. Yeah, to discuss stuff. We love discussing stuff. <laughs> uh, Drink <and> vodka. <laughs> <laughs> Not that. <laughs> and eventually, like the other factor, the important one was uh, the price level uh, in, for, in Russia for freelance. It wasn't like I couldn't support my mm. living anymore with yeah. Russian clients working Crazy. for Russia. And I had no idea how to get any international client. How does it work? How to do, how to make an invoice? Like what program do you use? And anything like that, where to find clients, nothing. But I, it was just like uh, a breaking point and I just needed to do something and I had no idea what. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. So then how did you break through? So was it Simon to rescue? <laughs> yes, it's definitely, you know, when you're surrounded by the right people, yeah. it helps a lot. Yeah, Simon was already like international, mm-hmm. uh, knowing all those cool expats and okay. stuff. Uh, so my first orders were for actually friends and family and it was uh, it was real orders. It, it was illustration. I also decided to shift from graphic design, which was uh, not so creatively satisfying mm-hmm. anymore. I felt like, okay, I seem to hate graphic design. Okay, what do I hate least? And <laughs> <laughs> uh, seemed like I like doodling. I like drawing for myself. I went to artistic school as a kid. Uh, 
but I never really used it uh, for my career. Mm. And in Russia, it's a common um, uh, belief what artistic career is not a career, it's not a job, and what you should get a real job. Mm. Like, uh, I don't, I'm not sure, engineer, <laughs> doctor, or something like no, that. Yeah, it's similar so, even in the U. Even in America, I think it's, yeah, it's somewhat like that. It's still an issue, but I think in America you have like we have now great examples what artists could have great careers. And now I found out for myself it's true, and I'm really optimistic about artists. And one of my uh, missions actually is to show illustrators, uh, artistic people, they could have really good life, and they could make a full-time career from my art and. Okay. It could be great for everyone. <laughs> nice. So then you're getting friends and family clients, and I, I mean, I know that you're doing well on Fiverr. So is that, yes, that it was, was the next before step Fiverr, before and Fiverr. eventually, yeah. But it was like um, unreliable because uh, some month you have some order, you feel great, but you don't know if we come next month if something is coming and like how you're gonna pay your check bills and how do you gonna pay your new check life uh, so at some point I was like in a uh, I had a down moment and I was like talking to Simon about what should I do what do you think I, where should I move now I'm just like it's so un unpredictable and he said you know I've heard uh, of this Fiverr site like it's just like for very simple orders. It's a five dollar yeah. uh, gigs, and but the thing is, like you can make a very very simple gig, very like small offer, like one icon or like a teeny tiny yeah. drawing or sketch, and sell it for five dollars. And it's expected to be like if you sell many of it, you can have some decent income. And the, I think the key point was it didn't look too scary for me because I get this uh, mindset that artists, uh, they can't have good life, they can't have real jobs, and this looks like small, it's like the smallest step which is not like uh, scary for you to make. Mm. It still took me like two months, I think, to get on it. Uh, and eventually I decided to put just like my first gig. I really, I over, uh, I overthought it so much. I was like really writing like pages of notes, like how should I upsell, how should I make like the base of the gig, all this stuff and not moving at all. It was just like, I'm a thinker. I just love thinker. Uh, so eventually I scrapped together this coloring book gig and my first uh, Fiverr income was like four dollars because <laughs> well they take the fee right <laughs> yeah it's yeah. five dollars so Fiverr takes twenty percent commission and it's four dollars but it was like real it was international client from the internet mm, like, not online, a friend <laughs> yes awesome. it was pretty exciting so my next order I think was like a fifteen dollars and first month I made something about like a hundred dollars it Great. was like very encouraging like it sounds uh, like not so much but the idea of like there are money in the internet and it works if you give it like the right push uh, it was just like 
stunning for me. That's great. Congrats. And <laughs> that was a few years ago? Yeah, it was uh, about three years ago. 2016, 15. Yes, 15. It was in summer. Okay. And eventually it just started going from it. Uh, maybe it took me a year to go to some uh, kind of solid minimal level which could uh, which afford me to live from it and I was just uh, really I don't know I'm fibers girl I really <laughs> <laughs> uh, they treated me well and I was just uh, going for all the innovations with uh, um, with uh, their new like, offers and stuff <laughs> yes, like that. Yes, like they have uh, a success program, individual mm. like success manager, mm. and I just went for it. I was like, how could I help you help me nice. <laughs> to make more money, to make it more effective? Or they have something like a Fiverr Pro program, and I was like one of the first applying for it. Nice. And eventually, I think for now, it's about maybe... 50% of my income because mm. now I have clients of my own aside of Fiverr. Okay. But about 50% of my income is still through Fiverr. Nice. And well, it's also, <laughs> I think you're getting paid more from Fiverr. I know I'm a buyer. I've, I sold one gig in my whole life on yeah? Fiverr. Yeah, what was it? A paid tweet. It's <laughs> uh, cute. I should have done more, but I didn't uh, continue to offer my gig. But. Um, I know their prices have gone up, which yeah, is it's true. good for you. Yeah, right now we're shifting to quality gigs. Uh, I think we get sort of a reputation of like just uh, being cheap uh, with moderate quality work. Uh, like it's like a lottery. You don't mm -hmm. know yeah, what you get, what kind of service. Be, for sure. Yeah, and for me, I try to set up my prices high to also because freelancers are also in risk. Uh, where different clients, clients who don't know what we want, <laughs> clients who just like, uh, they order something and they, they say we're not gonna use it, so we want a refund because <laughs> we're not gonna use it. Uh, so I think high prices is good eventually for everyone. It's like a filter of quality and it shows confidence. Like, really, I would be, um, I would not trust the $5 gig myself, personally. Mm. Sometimes I order something and I am somewhere in the middle, like not the highest range, but not the lowest too. Okay, well, congrats on this. And I think <laughs> in the show, we like to talk about the structure. So you're, you're, you're doing, you have a company or are you doing this in your, uh, what kind of like I'm, um, way do you do It's business? an individual entrepreneur. It's uh, in Czech, like, in Prague? Yeah, in Prague. I have a Czech license. Okay. Uh, I guess I'm Czech resident. Okay. Um, how do I pay? Uh, <laughs> and then you love TransferWise, I know you said. Yes, TransferWise is really amazing. I just recently switched to it and uh, it's truly awesome because we give you uh, a mid-bank rate for money conversion, currency conversion, and it's, it seems pretty decent. Uh, and we give you, I don't know how we make it, but with fees are uh, very, very small, okay. affordable, and it works just amazing. Nice. Nice. And so now you have your own website, wowyellow.com. Yes. <laughs> Check it out. <laughs> She'll help you out. So 
So then you have clients coming from your website? Is it referrals? It's Fiverr? That's kind of like the structure now? Um, it's they coming now from just... Uh, sometimes it's word of mouth. Uh, yeah. Some group of clients, they came from Fiverr originally, but then they Googled me and uh, they started to work with me directly. Oh. <laughs> Can't stop them from <laughs> doing that. Uh, my Instagram, so it's oh, like cool. from multiple sources uh, and my website's finally starting to bring some attention to congrats so so uh basically summarize you know i'm yeah i think you you've, you should be proud of yourself you you know you came <laughs> out you started your own business you found you know you found your new way in prague and your uh yeah things are things are uh, growing what would you kind of recommend somebody maybe listening that that's interested to do what you're doing like how would they get started or um yes <laughs> you mean in creative like, uh, field i guess in freelancing creative maybe creator and freelancer yeah i think uh i really like this book by austin cleon uh called show your work and Mm, he says basically be findable, be online, be there, and be a good guy. It means like uh, keep doing the good work because the people they will get back to you if mm. you do good work, and they will recommend you to my friends, to the clients of theirs. And you should be online. You just put yourself there and just go for it. Yeah. Uh, and I think for the artists, if any artists are listening. It's just, uh, art is a real career. <laughs> Great. And it's really awesome. I'm like, it's really happy and I love my clients. I, I like most of my projects. It took me some filtering, like a few years of filtering, like what I don't like to do, what kind of clients we not necessarily understand each other. And just by filtering like the wrong ones, I got with, I honestly think that my clients are the best people, if you hear me, nope. <laughs> you are the best guys. Awesome. And, and just my work makes me happy and it, it could be true and fight, fight with people who tell you get a real job, mm -hmm. settle down, find a stable job in the office. If you feel like it's your cup of tea, the freelance, uh, it's totally doable and it's totally awesome more power to you it's true i mean <laughs> but of course it wasn't all i'm sure there was ups and downs we you know i think that yeah, sure. it's like a that. roller coaster it mm -hmm. was uh, right now uh it's stable so it feels like we forget the bad stuff mm -hmm. really quickly but it was like moments when i was literally crying over my website because mm -hmm. i didn't know how to apply some kind of blog or <laughs> some social media stuff and it just it's unpredictable, but uh, it's a way of life, and the benefits of having freedom and having flexibility uh, definitely overweight the negative stuff, at least for me. I mean, I think people who like stability and who made to be in office to have like a predictable and reliable work and source of income, they are all in the offices and they know it's for them. So if you have any doubts, if you're unhappy, maybe it's worth to research the yeah. freelance side of things. Great.
thanks so much. And we'll link up a lot of the things we mentioned in the show notes. And uh, I have some of your stickers and stuff <laughs> too. So thanks again for sharing on the show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Do you want to meet other amazing people from this show and other listeners? Then check out crossbordersummit.com. Our fourth annual conference is coming October 22nd and 23rd in Guangzhou, China, right in the middle of phase one and two of the trade shows. So if you'd like to meet amazing speakers, multi-day events, as well as amazing networking opportunities, as well as deals, we've had amazing feedback from our past three years, always in Shenzhen, and now our first time outside over in Guangzhou, city of China. Check it out at crossbordersummit.com. We're building it up as we go. We're getting amazing requests for speakers from around the world to come and share their amazing knowledge in Amazon, cross-border e-commerce, import-export, manufacturing, product design, and more. We really are excited about this. I hope to see you there, crossbordersummit.com. All right. Thank you, Jenya, for sharing. I hope people enjoyed that. And uh, we, we keep it real here at Global Major. I think, well, that's cool. I mean, of course, it's my show. I can kind of do whatever I want, right? I mean, that's the amazing thing about the internet. We can pull out my recorder and put some microphones, make some interesting inf- conversations. And uh, I hope you guys learned from that. I, I, I learned a few things. I mean, man, honestly, immigration is just such a hassle everywhere. I guess the world wants us to not do what many of us listening do, not leave our home country, not do business outside of our home country. Walls are getting put up between countries, you know. Seems like, honestly, my wife and I have been talking about this, just seems like there's a little bit of a backward movement, at least in the government side. Maybe they're finally catching up to this whole digital nomad or living and working anywhere, working online movement, you know. I think it's maybe it is true. Governments are a little bit slower to adapt, and now they're just realizing, hey, it's all these people are just be able to move and live anywhere that they want to, based on anything that they are are doing. And uh, I hope that they can then realize, hey, we should uh, let attract people to live in our country we should make policies that make people want to stay or move to where we are not try to force people to stay where they currently are anyway i said i would blah 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 about hustling to become a freelancer to build your own business i think i think that's important to skill i think you know freelancing is a great gateway into building your own business i've of course done a lot of freelancing or consulting myself over the years and fiverr i've i sold one thing on fiverr i don't know if i said it during the interview or not i did sell a tweet for five bucks uh back in 2011 or something like that i should have maybe built that up i i've known other freelancers that built great businesses off fiverr as well where it's not five fiverr used to mean five dollars and yeah i used to get some amazing stuff now it's like more like fifty dollars a hundred dollars so i mean people like jenya are able to build pretty good businesses where they can add more expensive services on this platform but i think the beautiful thing of fiverr is is productized i literally just use it for some rendering of photos for amazon and you can get an upfront quote and an upfront price. So if you're the customer or a client or the buyer or person paying the money, 
you can avoid that uh, that dreaded amount of hours, how much time is it going to take, whereas the seller, the freelancer, the service provider has to say it's going to be X dollars for that project. So what I would do, or what I recommend, if maybe you want to get into the entrepreneurship space, is is leverage Fiverr and try to think of very focused, fixed price projects that you can do that you have a skill in. That's what really Fiverr is. It's not about $5. It's about fixed price projects for very clearly defined uh, deliverables. So, you know, there could be like giving somebody a Chinese name. I've seen that a lot on Fiverr. You could say for five bucks, I'll give you a Chinese name or maybe a cost more or translating something. It's a bit just really is about productizing. I think the customers or the people on the Internet today are tired of saying custom proposal, custom price or hourly rates. You know, of course, there's the popular Upwork as well. And it, it's just hourly rate. And then the freelancer just gets paid per hour. So me is the normally the person paying and it's scary how many hours is this going to take what's my weekly invoice or my monthly invoice going to be so if you're trying to get into freelancing i would strongly recommend i always tell everybody to make a website or make a blog at mikesblog.com my personal blog i do have like a start a blog section where i dump my brain about how to do that I still think it's worth making a website even if you're a Facebook person or, you know, a Fiverr person. You need to have your own space. And I would just start to really outline fixed price productized services, whether you're putting it on Fiverr or your own website or both. Think of something that, of course, and then I know you're scared. You're like, what if it takes me more time? What if it's more difficult? Well, you can cap it off by having a certain amount of revisions. I know that as a freelancer or as a consultant or you know service provider you can get something called scope creep creep where the client the person paying you will keep asking you to change this to change that i a lot of times the big problem is the person the client doesn't know exactly what they want i i've gone crazy making websites for people where they they almost use your first version as the way that they get the ideas of what they should make and then they say, oh, change all this, change all that. The best is to get all the information up front from the person that you want to that you want to do business with. And then later you can go back and uh, say, I'll give you two revisions. The hardest work is actually to get the clearly defined scope of work from the person paying. So if you can do that up front and make it repeatable so that you don't have to always figure out what the customer wants and say if you give me uh, these inputs I need to know what color your logo you know uh, the text if you give me all this information up front I will then be able to give you a result for a fixed price and then you're uh, quote-unquote done you know then you can even build it build it and then I guess you would build it outside of being a freelancer an individual use yourself delivering it it would then become a business so you could hire people to work for you and you could figure out you know if you get 10 clients paying you $50 that's $500 and how much does it how much time does it take or you can even pay your freelancers that work for you a fixed price and then you know exactly how much profit you're making so I think Maybe Jenya or listening could grow her business in the future by 
finding more amazing illustrators and maybe also training them, making SOPs, making systems, making team culture, communication, putting that all together and then making a fixed price illustration type work with a certain amount of revisions and a requirement list of what the client needs to provide you. And then you can then hire a client services manager to deal with the client communication. You would have maybe, uh, maybe you could still, she could still do the illustration, but then she could have a marketing person to do Facebook ads, to do content on our website, internet marketing, you know, she could build that out to be more than just a freelancer business of just a one-man show running everything. Whereas if she gets sick or she can't check it because she's traveling from Bangkok to Czech Republic, she could build it so that she has a team 24-7 or at least, you know, 9 to 5, one shift somewhere, checking the incoming emails, replying to customers, helping even maybe do the actual illustrations or at least doing the bookkeeping, doing all the different parts. So then you can kind of start by doing it all yourself and then start to hire out first probably is the stuff you don't like to do. And then after that, uh, maybe even other people to do what you like to do. But there's some amazing management books I've read like Clockwork by Michael um, Michalowicz. Excuse me for the messing up of the name, but it's an amazing book. Just came out late 2018 i read it two times maybe but it's about finding what your queen b role qbr is what you are really really good at and hiring and finding other people to do everything else so that you just focus on that one core skill that you are uniquely capable of doing that's maybe hard for somebody else to do so that's what usually you can do really well so of course jenny is a skilled illustrator but she probably should build out her team as she grows to find marketing people client services people to find all these different departments to build out and grow so she can also spend more time doing what she's really good at and what she really likes to do and maybe in the long term hiring people even do that so that she's totally out of the process and builds a business that isn't reliant on her having to be there to do every single part of it i hope this blah 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 helped Hopefully, and also women should could do this, you know. Hopefully, maybe hearing it from Jenya as a, as a determined, talented woman to build out a freelance company. I hope more can do it. I hope more maybe could even contact us to speak at the Cross Border Summit about their experiences and uh, doing business internationally and cross border e commerce. There should be more female entrepreneurs selling on Amazon. That would be really cool. I'd love to know more of them. Um, Enjoy the rest of your week. Thank you so much for listening through the show, the interview, and the end of this blah, blah, blah. Episode 253 is wrapped up and just in time for my kids come back from school. That's a pretty good timing. I hear them coming up the stairs now. Enjoy. Take care. Bye-bye. To get more info about running an international business, please visit our website at www.globalfromasia.com. That's www.globalfromasia.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to our iTunes feed. Thanks for tuning in.